Welcome to today's Coffee Break podcast. We are joined by Anna Elliott, a partner in our UK employment team, to look at some recent developments around post-termination restrictions, including the current government consultation. Anna, if we could turn first, though, to a recent High Court decision, which looked at the enforceability of post-termination restrictions, and in particular, a non-competition covenant. These restrictions are renowned for being particularly difficult to enforce, aren't they? Thanks, Catherine. Hello, everyone. Yes, uh, they are. It's, it, this is a really useful decision that sets out some of the key principles employers must consider when drafting and seeking to enforce post-termination restrictions. The key initial point is that for an employer to show that their restrictions are re- a reasonable restraint of trade, by this I mean they go no further than is reasonably necessary to protect the legitimate business interests of the business. And this is determined at the date the employee enters into the restrictions based on what might happen, not at the end of the employment relationships when you look at what did happen. In this recent case, the High Court found that the employer did have a legitimate interest to protect. Those interests were its customers, potential customers and confidential information, which were in client documentation. However, importantly, the employer failed to show that a nine-month non-compete restriction lasting for nine months was reasonably necessary in this case. Thanks, Anna. So, did the decision provide any helpful guidance for employers when looking at their own non-compete provisions? Yes, it really um, did emphasise the care that must be taken in each case. The High Court found here that the non-compete was not standard for individuals of the employee's seniority in the industry. And indeed, the restriction was more onerous than that of a more senior manager within the business. The court was also concerned with the breadth of clients caught by the restrictions and its territorial scope. A point that has attracted some attention is that the nine-month duration of the non-compete was also out of keeping with the employee's six-month probationary period and her short notice period. Thanks, Anna. It's interesting you're saying that the High Court mentioned the probationary period. Um, Does that mean employers should be looking to reflect any probationary periods in their restrictions? Yeah, it's a really interesting point. I mean, it's certainly one of the factors that employers drafting restrictions could consider. Um, Here, the employer admitted in evidence that during the probationary period, the employee would have little time to build a relationship with its clients and fail to provide any other real evidence in support of the nine-month restriction. So it was quite fact-specific in this case. The key rule to bear in mind um, is what does an employer reasonably need to protect its legitimate business interests? For example, another employer recruiting a senior executive may believe that the damage that an individual could cause, even in a quite limited time period, is of concern to them, particularly with very senior employees who, from the start, may be building client relationships and have access to sensitive business planning materials. Thanks, Anna. And the government is currently consulting on the future of such restrictions. Could you just remind us of the proposals? Thanks, Catherine. Yes, this has been a really interesting employment law development. Um, The government published a consultation um, in December 2020 on the use of post-termination restrictions as part of its drive to unleash innovation, um, create conditions for new jobs and increase competition. The government's looking at a number of different proposals at this stage. Uh, One option is to make non-compete clauses enforceable only where the employer provides compensation to the employee. Um, And this reflects the approach in some other European jurisdictions. It's also considering requiring greater transparency as to the terms of the non-compete 
before the employee enters into employment an employment contract and also including a maximum duration. However, one option the government is also considering is a total ban on non-compete provisions entirely, which would be a radical change for an employer to prepare for and is quite similar to the approach taken in some states in the US. So that so, would be a huge change for us um, yeah, in no. the UK. So should employers be waiting to see what the consultation brings? Yes, um, any reform could be some way down the line. Um, so for employers, there's no need for a significant change in approach at this stage. It is, however, always a good time and, and prudent to keep restrictions under regular review and to assess whether they need any updating to account for promotions or role changes. Remember, as I mentioned earlier, that the reasonableness of covenants are assessed at the time they are agreed and entered into. So it's always helpful to keep an update and review on these things. Thanks, Anna. And with the disruption of the COVID-19 pandemic, are there any other sort of practical considerations in this area employers should be thinking about? Thanks, Catherine. Yes, I mean, there's a number of points here, whether the COVID-19 pandemic changes them, but it's always helpful to have a reminder of the, the particular considerations. Um, as well as careful drafting review, it's really important to be alert to the warning signs of employees preparing to move. Um, but of course, making sure your actions as an employer don't put you in breach of contract, for example, by covert monitoring of an employee. I think at the moment with the pandemic ongoing, it's certainly harder to monitor people's activities um, when they're working remotely. So it's something to be really mindful of. Also, once you do have knowledge of someone preparing to compete or leaving, um, it's important to act fast to minimise the damage. In the High Court decision we were discussing earlier, the employer took four months to take legal action and this was just too long. I'd always advise a client to act quickly if there's a genuine threat to their business. But remember, before they do, consider where other solutions could work. Sometimes undertakings are enough to provide the protection you're looking for. And this may be something you can get um, closer than leaving. And just on that, Anna, could employers also protect themselves by perhaps putting the competitor on notice of the restrictions in the employee's contract? Yes, absolutely. That's a very good point. Um, when an employee is departing to join a competitor, one thing to think about is putting the new employer on notice as soon as possible. Often the terms of the employment contract can provide for this, but a direct approach uh, from the former employer to the prospective employer is also a helpful deterrent, particularly if you're going to threaten a claim for inducing a breach of contract. Please also be aware that before disclosing this information, you need to carefully consider um, the potential GDPR implications as well. Thanks, Anna. Post-termination restrictions are, are certainly a complicated area. And the recent High Court decision you were talking about really does emphasise how this sort of one-size-fits-all approach is unlikely to work. Um, businesses should look, you know, obviously closely at their own requirements for particular roles. If you would like further information on the government's consultation or to input your views, please do contact us. We also have some further podcasts on restrictive covenants coming up on the warning signs to look out for and how to best protect your business. So please do join us for these. As always, if you do have any questions, please do speak to your usual Osborne Clark contact. And thank you for listening today. Many thanks. Thanks.